Good morning, everybody. It is Friday the 13th. Ooh, Friday the 13th. But nothing to worry about today. The market is doing not a lot. Down 13. Wall Street was down 300 points. The Dow Jones, that is. NASDAQ was down 0.65. And the oil price off a little bit. The iron ore price off a little bit. BHP and Rio off a little bit in the US. We were down 32 yesterday. It seems our vaccine rally has come to a bit of a close. Lost a bit of momentum. And that's not really surprising. We've seen a 12% rally in the S&P 500 in the last six days. Our market has seen a 9.6% rally in eight days. So a bit of profit taking to be expected. But in light of that, today I have played devil's advocate in the strategy piece and started to address the negatives. What is going to happen from here? We're obviously taking on board or have taken on board the prospects of the real prospects of a vaccine. And on that front, Moderna, on top of the Pfizer news this week, Moderna is saying it's analyzing the data from its phase three trial. And Fauci says he's expecting it to have a similar degree of efficacy as the Pfizer vaccine, 90% effective. And I've put a chart in the top of the strategy piece today of case numbers, which are peaking out in the United Kingdom, Spain, Germany, Belgium, and France. Italian numbers still going through the roof. They don't care. Why let a virus get in the way of a good lunch and a rip down the Amalfi Coast in a Ferrari? So looking at the glass half empty issues, what could go wrong from here? Because assuming the vaccine news is real, that we are going to see a vaccine at some point, what's going to happen is we're going to go from this vaccine euphoria, which we've seen in the last week and a bit, that's going to mature and we're going to end up talking about, okay, so an economic recovery is coming, but when is it coming? And day to day, I can see us having a daily debate about a bunch of factors, which will be the economic numbers coming out, which are going to give us evidence of the trajectory of recovery. Every number that comes out will be hung on. Also, we're going to be worrying about stimulus as well. And there's an article in the New York Times today saying stimulus is still critical. There are two unemployment programs set to expire in the US at the end of this year, which will leave millions of Americans unemployed, vulnerable to eviction and unable to feed themselves. The articles make great media with pictures of sheriffs turning out to throw poor people out of their houses. But the reality is, as far as the stock market's concerned, it's going to look at the big picture, not the individual social stories. But there is no doubt that a vaccine is not going to solve everything, particularly in the interim. The US needs a new stimulus bill. And the message overnight is that that's going to be, that. well, that's no closer to agreement. And it's probably going to wait until the Senate runoff at the beginning of January. So no movement for two months. Meanwhile, cases continue to accelerate. So you can see we're going to be debating stimulus. We're going to be debating the speed of the economic recovery. And in the last few days, we have just assumed that economic recovery is going to be immediate and without hiccups. It's obviously not going to be that easy. So back to watching the economic recovery. But having said that, despite the fact we're playing devil's advocate today, I still believe that there is a big pivot point in a 
lot of the recovery stocks that are still well below their February highs. And we've, we've positioned to take advantage of that undervaluation with our moves this week. There's also a little bit of election uncertainty still around, but hopefully that's just a red herring. And the virus is running rampant in the US still. There may be some improvement in Europe, but not in the US. 140,000 cases in the US. Deaths hit the highest since August. New York tightening containment measures. Chicago doing a 30-day lockdown. It's obvious that until the vaccine arrives, containment is still needed and that could dent growth forecasts. But the main issue I wanted to mention today, and don't sell everything and run to the hills on this, but there is a interesting Washington Post article talking about the risk of another global financial crisis. If you remember in the 2008 financial crisis, the main issue was mortgage-backed securities, people not paying their mortgages. Mortgage-backed securities became worthless or were seen as hugely overvalued, and yet they were held as assets on balance sheets of major banks. And suddenly, these holes, this cancer was opening up in the balance sheets of major financial institutions, and that was killing the credit market. People didn't want, or financial institutions didn't want to lend money to other financial institutions if they didn't know what their exposure was to mortgage-backed securities. And in the same way, the risk is that there is $2 trillion worth of commercial real estate loans held by US banks, the same as our banks have got loans out to customers, both commercial and retail. But there's $2 trillion worth of commercial real estate loans out from the US banks on properties that depending on how the CBD returns to business in cities all over the world, that could need to be revalued. In which case, the balance sheets of these big financial institutions that have lent all this money on commercial property, if, say, there was a move to work at home and the valuation of the Empire State Building is hit by a certain percentage, as demand for office properties dries up, then someone's holding the baby and it's the balance sheets of the big financial institutions. And you could see that as the recovery happens, even though the recovery's on the way, what we haven't known and don't know and won't know until it becomes real is just what damage has been done on the loan books of big financial institutions. And the Washington Post just making the point that it is similar to the GFC in that we don't quite know what the exposure is, who's got it, and that could tighten up or freeze credit markets again, and then you get a global financial crisis. Anyway, we're not worrying about that too much, but doubtless there is some damage in the commercial real estate market, but I'm sure it's being priced in every day anyway, but you get the idea. There are risks out there, and from this vaccine bounce and vaccine relief rally, although we believe that's a pivotal moment in some of the heavily oversold sectors during the pandemic. There is clearly not a smooth road to recovery. It's going to take time, vaccine aside, and we are going to start focusing on finding out what the damage from the pandemic really was and on how fast the recovery is happening in jobs and business confidence. And that's going to be a day-by-day thing. So you can see it's 
not just a comfortable straight line bull market. As always, it's going to spend its time getting there. There'll be good days and bad days. As for today, very defensive looking, as I say. Gold going up, Woolworths, Wes Farmers, CSL. It's like the beginning of the pandemic. But after the rise we've had in the market, not really surprising to see some sort of rotation back into or out of the stocks that have really ripped up recently. I put the chart of the ASX 200 in the strategy piece today. There's no reason to doubt the new trend. It has broken out of this sideways trend, but we're not going to take it for granted. We continue to wake up every morning and make decisions. That's all you can do. But for now, we're going with the rally and the assumption that a vaccine is on the way. A few other things today. Ben does the sector charts today. It's always a good idea to flick through that on a Friday to identify the sectors and what they're doing. Uh, Talking about the market is all very well, but the Australian market has big lumpy sectors, 27% of financials, 19% of materials, and they do not move at the same time in the same direction. Same with healthcare's 2012%, sorry. And there are other sectors as well. So Ben's sector chart section looks at each sector on a Friday. And for anybody who's running a stock picking portfolio of 20 stocks or so, you need to know what the underlying themes and tides are in the market rather than just look at the market. Of course, if you just hold money in a big industry fund or something, then you need not worry. They've got you in every stock, in every market in the world, and you only need to worry about big market corrections. And I think we're over that for this year. Other bits of news, Macquarie's ex-dividend on Monday, if you want to buy it for a dividend. We think Macquarie, we have a big holding in Macquarie in both portfolios, has a bit of a yield, is doing very nicely, especially on the vaccine news. Anyway, ex-dividend on Monday. Ramsey Healthcare, we hold, did hold down a touch today on first quarter results, which predictably are pandemic affected. It's quite an expensive stock at the moment. Brokers are fairly muted on it. You'll see the broker research and chart in the strategy piece today. Uh, Having gone ex-dividend, all the banks except for CBA now have no dividend for six months. The CBA obviously have results with most other companies coming up in February. And this is a day where brokers get on the phone and start telling you to switch your Westpac, NAB and ANZ into CBA so you can catch the next set of results and dividend. An easy commission for them. But if you are thinking about income, although the dividends this time are pitiful, then uh, this is the time to think about being in CBA for income rather than Westpac, NAB and ANZ that have just gone ex-dividend. Telstra research after yesterday's announcements. There's not much around. UBS, though, have a buy recommendation with a target price 20% above the current share price. There's only one other bit of research this morning. Morgan's with a hold recommendation target price 3% above current share price. There is just the chance that that announcement yesterday of a restructure with speculation of them buying the NBN after the next election is is a sentiment turning point, a pivot point on the chart. The chart certainly looks pretty good. Zero had results yesterday. Didn't get a very good write-up in the press. Shot up yesterday, but down 3% today. The average broker target price is 18% below the current share price, which is pretty normal for a high PE tech stock. Wes Farmer's research today as well. Average target price 5% below the current share price. Almost touching all-time highs there. Right, a few technical observations. 
have a look at the strategy piece. A2 Milk, again looking interesting. Bank of Queensland buy recommendation. Flinders Mines, is that iron ore? Anyway, interesting little buy signal there. Not much else of interest. Gold sector had a sell signal on the weekly chart. REITs had a buy signal on the weekly chart. And the energy sector, a buy signal on the weekly chart as well. Right, finally today, the SON, S-O-H, M Hearts and Minds conference is on. This is where a number of speakers are asked to put out, and it goes global. It's got real traction, this conference. It goes global, and each speaker is expected to put up a stock pick, and then the fund managers that run the listed investment company, HM1, listed here, billion-dollar market cap, they then decide which of those stock tips to buy in the fund. So everybody's watching today. All these stock tips come out. Many of them are not Australian. So far, they've tipped Slack and Teladoc. And one of the speakers said, it is a fantastic time to open a restaurant. Demand is high and rents are low. Anyway, you'll find, if you keep an eye on the press today, you'll see a string of recommendations in the, or coming from the SON conference today. It's a virtual conference this year. Finally, look out for Henry's Ask an Analyst webinar this evening and his On the Couch podcast, which I'll publish in the weekend email tomorrow. And that's about it. Friday the 13th. It's been a fabulous week. Probably deserve a lunch, I think. What time is it? Oh, 11 o'clock. It's a little bit late for lunch, I think. Anyway, you have a fabulous day and I will see you in the Marcus Today email tomorrow. (laughs) 